everyone. Welcome to Love and a Little Magic, the podcast about life magically. I'm Fairly Theta. Today is the day before Yule, the winter solstice here in the Northern Hemisphere, which means that we're coming up on the darkest night of the year. <laughs> and... I've never really followed the like Celtic Wheel of the Year Sabbath system. It's just not really part of my magical upbringing. But as I dive more into my heritage, I have been very interested in some of the practices and, and beliefs around it and, um, you know, different cultures uh, and how they've celebrated it. But I have always been very interested in the winter solstice as an astrological event. You know, it is the beginning of Capricorn season. You know, we return to the cardinal earth energy. And New Year's has always been one of my favorite holidays. I think that energy really kind of shines through, um, you know, the whole Capricorn season as far as really setting goals and determining to clean the slate and work towards something new. But this year has felt very different. Um, you know, <laughs> I personally um, don't talk about a lot of things that go on in my life and the way that I'm feeling and some of the internal work that I do because part of my job is really to hold space for others, you know, to hold space for my clients and friends and people that I work with and I don't really necessarily feel comfortable all the time um, being totally transparent about my journey when I feel like everyone's got their own stuff going on, you know? Um, but I can say that this year, really, more than ever, I have felt incredibly in tune with a lot of what I'm hearing from other people. And that is to say, that there's a lot being stripped away right now. You know, we are two years at this point into a very different world than we've ever lived in before. That we as, you know, um, you know, probably the generation listening to this right now, you know, uh, according to my demographics, most of you are around my age. So, you know, we aren't really used to this kind of tension in the world. Um, and I think that a lot of us have had to sit with a lot of very heavy questions over the last few years. So when we approach the winter and the winter holidays, it brings up a lot of these themes and others. You know, seasonal affective disorder is a very real thing. The quality of light changes and it gets dark earlier and it's cold outside and I don't want to go out there. <laughs> um, you know, so we're not getting the same vitamin D intake and most of us are probably D and mineral deficient anyway and that all goes into mood and, you know, it's just a whole cluster of you know, <laughs> reasons why we all feel awful. Um, but that light is more than just a biological indicator. 
I think that there's a lot to be said for the kind of brain-body connection, the mind-body connection, the spirit-body connection, really. And as the light wanes, as we lose light in our day and we build up to this darkest night of the year, longest night of the year, I really should say, because it it might not be the darkest, um, especially this year as we just had the full moon last night. um, It's not going to be all that dark. It's just going to be a a long one. Um, as, As we build up to this longest night of the year, personally, I find that it's a little bit less easy to escape the inner thoughts. And that's okay. (laughs) So those of you who have followed me for any length of time um, will know that I am really, really, really strong um, and strong advocate of shadow work. Shadow work has definitely become kind of a buzzword over the last few years, I think more than ever. Um, And I I definitely don't think that it means what a lot of people think that it means in the new age spirituality sphere. When I talk about shadow work, what I am referring to is a little bit more psychologically based. So Carl Jung, who is one of my go-to resources, really, um, not even just in the, the psychology field, but also in esoterics, because he did some phenomenal work um, in the kind of mind-spirit space. But Carl Jung um, has a very famous quote floating out there, that until you make the subconscious conscious, it will rule you and you will call it fate. And I really think this kind of embodies shadow work, um, you know, without any complicated descriptions of how you do it and what is to be done. That one quote really encapsulates the idea of shadow work. It is the work that we do to bring the unconscious to the conscious to light up the darkness that we hide in ourselves so that it can be exercised, (laughs) you know? Um, And I think that more than ever, of any other time of year, this really is the perfect time to do so, you know? It's, It's a little funny because now Christmas has become this very Hallmark holiday and it's all sparkling lights and fake snow and powdered sugar and, you know, desserts and everybody's wearing their cozy sweaters and, you know, it's it's a very Hallmark holiday. Um, But the traditional Christmas celebrations were much darker. (laughs) You know, I was joking um, the other day, I was reading... A book that I got um, in a, a book club a while back about old Christmas traditions and it was a little funny to me just how many cultures really asso- associated 
Christmas and the Yuletide in general with monsters. <laughs> like, there are more monsters and demons and ghosts and witches than anything benevolent associated with Christmas, you know? It's more likely that you're going to need to leave an offering so that a witch doesn't tear your guts out and, you know, steal them until Epiphany than it is that you're going to get, you know, the latest video game console that you want um, from a good elf. I don't, what is, what is even Santa Claus supposed to be? I'm pretty sure he's like head elf, right? Um, regardless, you know, definitely not the ancient vision of Christmas. Um, Christmas was a time for exercising ghosts. It was about honoring the darker elements and protecting yourself from them. So more than ever, I think this time of year is really best used to unearth some of the darker thoughts, the darker feelings that might be keeping you captive. You know, especially over the last few years, I've noticed personally that a lot of what I've previously identified myself with has slipped away. You know, I don't go to the same places anymore. I don't see the same people. I don't even really have the same interests that I did two years ago. And that's, you know, a culmination of those things that I literally just mentioned. Um, you know, it's hard to keep up with, you know, the latest bands and, you know, movies when you don't go to shows anymore or, you know, the movies have been closed for God, how long? Um, you know, it's, it's difficult to keep up with friends and stay on top of what they're doing when, you know, your life has taken a totally different turn. And I think a lot of us wrap up our identities in these things, in these interests and people and places that we go to. And when those shift, it impacts the way that we see ourselves. It impacts our identity as people. Um, and I have personally found more self, um, how do I put this? Like, I understand myself better, I think, than I ever have before. Because the last few years, for me, has involved so much sitting with my own quiet. That's probably a weird way of putting that. Um, sitting alone by myself in a room quietly with no stimulation. There's a lot of thoughts that come up, you know. Um, if you've ever meditated, I'm sure you know exactly what I mean, where there's a few moments of just brain clutter that just gets bubbled up to the surface, like, like groundwater coming up. And once you kind of clear that away, you're left with these elements underneath that are actually more indicative of who you are, what you are, than any of that surface noise, the people, the places, the things, the interests, the fandoms, whatever it is. Those are the things that I've been sitting with over the last few years. And certainly now that I am moving, now that I am bringing 
a new life into the world, um, I have had to sit with those things all over again and recognize that even that which I thought I was, <laughs> you know, without any of those things at the surface, are changing. And I have to be okay with that. You know, there's a mourning process that comes with identity and identifying. And I think a lot of us have never really mourned the identities that we've lost over the last few years. If you feel that you've been able to hold on to the person that you have always been through all of this, that's great. I, I commend you because I, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> um, personally, I'm not sure that I would have wanted to do that. I'm actually very grateful for the person that I am now versus the person that I was really even just a very short time ago. Um, this is a person that I feel is aligned with my best interests, aligned with my real future trajectory, and it's only by clearing away a lot of the shadows that I have found that person. You know, there's a lot of trauma in all of our pasts, you know, I don't think any single one of us holds the trophy for most trauma here, um, so we can just talk about it kind of openly and admit that we all have it. Um, and those traumas, you know, even when we identify with them and understand that they went a long way in shaping who we are and how we react to things, um, they can get buried and they can become part of our shadows. They can absolutely be, you know, subsumed into our subconscious and you know, taint that groundwater, uh, so to speak, so that everything that bubbles up is kind of poisoned with this unseen, unacknowledged trauma. Um, and even once we acknowledge these things, you know, if we, we could be in therapy for so many years, and yet there are still aspects of these things that we don't really consider until much, much later when, when something triggers it. Um, and I think that a lot of times, you know, this time of year, this, this darkness, this length, this cold, barren, ugh, of winter, um, is in itself a trigger for a lot of traumas. So have some compassion for yourself. Um, but I really strongly encourage you to allow those thoughts to the surface so that as the light begins to return, and it always does, we can chase away some of those shadows that have been haunting us. You know, as the light grows, those shadows grow shorter. They'll never be fully gone, you know, we'll always cast some sort of shadow, but we can prevent them from running our lives, from dictating our fate as Carl Jung would have probably put it. I think that this is truly the most constructive way to move into the winter, to utilize this time of year, um, especially when I don't want to go outside, you know? <laughs> I don't even want to go to my car to get somewhere fun, let alone, you know, 
be out, you know, and, and enjoy the natural world that is such a comfort to me um, every other time of the year. But this, I think, is, is probably closer to that exercising of ghosts of Christmas past. Um, you know, rather than covering everything up with the Hallmark holiday and the Instagram perfect, you know, picture version of the winter celebrations, there's work to be done. And you can honor yourself with this very simple practice of just sitting in your emotions and really tweezing through to get to the root of them. You know, it's very rare that we feel something completely unprovoked. Um, it might seem that, you know, we can get into a bad mood really randomly or just kind of wake up on the wrong side of the bed, but I promise you there's something behind it. It could be, you know, um, something somebody said to you a couple days ago that's just kind of ruminating in the back of your mind. It could be a dream that you had that kind of triggered a chain reaction of emotions. All of those came from somewhere. And the better we can get at sitting with those thoughts and tracing them back to their origins, the better we can get at digging up those traumas and seeing them for what they are and recognizing that they do not have to be a part of our identity anymore. We can choose to separate ourselves from our past. We can choose to identify with the exact present moment in time, whoever we are within it. Or we can choose to identify with a version of ourselves that doesn't necessarily exist yet. Um, I think that's the real magic of this season, especially as we head into New Year's, and I'm going to talk more about that next week because it's really my favorite holiday, um, <laughs> which I think sounds really silly um, sometimes to people, like especially when we start talking about resolutions and I get really excited um, because who likes New Year's resolutions? It's kind of like liking homework, right? So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my two cents on Yule and the Yuletide season and Christmas and all of that. and. That's where I'm at right now. So total transparency, you know, I'm in the thick of it too. If you are sitting in some really gross emotional muck right now, I promise you, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, take your vitamin D, try to see the sun. If you live anywhere with sunlight, I promise it, it does actually help. Um, it's not a cure-all, but it, it is a reminder that the light comes back. Um, and. We'll start seeing that light a little bit more on the other side of tomorrow, right? <laughs> so, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Yule. Phenomenal holidays. All the things. Merry, merry, bright, everything. Um... everyone. Welcome to Love and a Little Magic, the podcast about life magically. I'm Fairly Theta. Today is the day before Yule, the winter solstice here in the Northern Hemisphere, which means that we're coming up on the darkest night of the year. Um, <laughs> and... 